What is up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Got Next podcast. I am your co-host, Rafa. Joined, as always, by my trusty co-host, Tater. Oh, yeah, and Carlos. How are you doing? <laughs> Tater, our new co-host. Welcome. Tater is the Tater, official third member. The-, <laughs> the third member of the Got Next team. He's our video coordinator. Oh, poor Teddy. Oh, Just oh yeah, totally Teddy. forgotten about I know. <laughs> Tater, Tater and Teddy are part of our uh, our video team. Do we have any videos? No. And now you know why. They do a poor job. Yeah. <laughs> but they're cute. That's why we keep them on our team. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. But you're doing uh, well. What's up, man? <laughs> not much. Not much. Just the, the usual stuff. We got a bunch of snow here in Indy. Um, how's it going with you? Well, we... What I can tell you, we don't have snow here. Yeah, <laughs> as you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, doing well. COVID is doing uh, improving. I think here since Seems the last like couple of weeks, people you can now fly to the Philippines without having to quarantine. So I know. Come visit. <laughs> so I'm I'm uh, I'm looking at some stuff and I'm gonna try to figure it out. See when I can come home. I gotta get my passport renewed. So once that's done, I'm gonna expedite it. And I'm gonna come home as soon as I can. So. That'll be coming. Maybe we'll... No, we can't do a live. There's no chance we'll do a live podcast. But, like, in person. But, yeah. I, I definitely got to come back home to the Philippines at some point. So, um, we have a couple things to, to talk about this week. Well, let's kick this off with, uh, with the starters for the All-Star Game. Um, a bunch of things were not a surprise. A bunch of things were. <laughs> um, LeBron and Kevin Durant... One thing. And- yeah, LeBron and Kevin Durant ended up being captains. Um, it seems like LeBron is captain every year, and then the other one just really it's either Giannis or KD or Steph, but it's always LeBron. Um, now, we all know also that KD probably won't play the game, so another starter is going to be announced that it's probably going to be Jason Tatum based on the way the front court results came out. Um, would, would you like to do the honors of, of uh, listing out who the all-star starters are? Okay. So for the, for the East, um, I think we got this pretty, pretty much straight on except for Trey. So it's KD, Giannis, Embiid, DeRozan, and Trey. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for the West, we have Steph, John Morant, which did, I don't think either of us had in the starter, in the starting. And then LeBron, Jokic. And of course... Everyone uh, uh, was shocked by this call. Andrew Wiggins, who made oh neither of God. our all-star teams. Jesus Christ. Okay. You know, he Before, almost made mine. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, so we'll talk about it in a sec. But uh, with the Trey Young, I think, I think both of us debated having Trey Young in there. I ended up going with Zach Levine. Who did you go with? You went with Zach Levine too, yep. right? Same, same. So, I mean, I really flip-flopped between him and Trey Young, so it wasn't too far off. And then for my guard, I was debating between Ja and Donovan Mitchell. I said it would come down to the last minute, and I thought Ja was the the right call. So, not too bad. And Ja, like, I I think Ja definitely is more of a fan favorite considering what's happening with Memphis this year. And then oh, yeah. Utah, like, I feel like t- people are, don't like Utah as much, just general NBA fans. No. Which sucks for, sucks, sucks for Donovan Mitchell, but 
Yeah. Still deserves it. For sure. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's going to be an all-star. It just like... Ja... I mean, look, Do- Donovan Mitchell like was eighth. <laughs> eighth yeah, in the yeah. fan rank. So yeah. He was, far- oh, he, was way off. he was way off. He was way off, so... Um, which sucks. I mean, I like Donovan Mitchell. He's a good player. There's Utah has some some issues that we've talked about. Uh, listen to that podcast where we talk about the contenders. Um, so let's good plug, let's, good plug. let's get to this this Andrew Wiggins thing because um, how do I put this uh, lightly? What the fuck? What? Yeah, like, dude. Like honestly, look, I. Here's the thing. I don't want to hate on him because he is he's having a really good season and he's playing really well for the Warriors. That you know, like that, that trade with the Wiggins Delo swap was ended up being perfect for both teams. And you know, with all the injuries to West front court players, he was probably gonna sneak in there anyway. But to start, I mean, think about the guys, think about the guys he's starting over. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and his own teammate, who's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year, or well, he might not now because he's injured, but if he stayed healthy, he would have won it. Draymond. Yeah. Like how? Like I, I don't know. Besides the injury, how you can look at Draymond and Wiggins and say, "Oh, Wiggins has more to do with their success than Draymond does." Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. Um, it looks like looking at the rank, the, the fans really liked him, and it looked. But then player and media rank wise, they were giving him credit though. Like they he were. got like he was fifth and sixth on both meet player and media rank respectively. Yeah, yeah. So for sure, the player the players and the media are definitely giving credit for making contributing to the Warriors this year and no playing b- well on both ends. He just oh, absolutely. I I agree. Like Draymond, Cat, Gobert, you you, you mentioned, they're all the three of them are are playing better <laughs> than Wiggins, yeah. and that's no disrespect to Wiggins, as you said. No disrespect. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at the the fan, player, and media rank. I mean, yeah, the fan rank he was three, but Draymond was third in player rank and fourth in media rank. But because the fan vote is fifty percent of it, he got more points. There you go. So you know. Um, I've seen arguments where it's like, well, Draymond's injured, but so is KD. So that nullifies that. And I mean, you can still put him on and then replace him. Yeah, exactly. I don't, that, that's, that, that's a bad argument. I think I saw the tweet argument. you're talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was, it was on our Twitter. And yeah. the other argument was, well, you can't put multiple centers on there. Like, isn't that the whole point of like having no the front court forward and set? Like, it's front court now. Yeah. By the way, there were multiple years. There were three years of a Yao Ming, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan starting lineup. So I don't want to hear this. Like, oh, you can have multiple centers. That's bullshit. And don't tell me that KG and Duncan are power forwards. It's not like Tim Duncan played center, and Kevin Garnett was basically a center. Yeah, no, agree. Tim Duncan just happened to have David Robinson with him for his first exactly. six years. And then Rasha Nesterovich or whoever that was yeah. next to him all the time. Yeah. Francisco Alberto. Yeah. It's Fabricio. <laughs> Fabricio. Disrespect. Oh, no. Disrespect. I got the name wrong. 
Yeah. But Apologies. I mean, yeah. But like Draymond also is a forward. So, you know, that also. Yeah. That so, reply and like just 100% was stupid. I understand why he did not respond after that. Yeah. No, I was like, <laughs> no, it's dumb. Um, but I don't want to take anything, really take anything away from Andrew Wiggins because he is a solid player. I thought he was a solid sub all-star. And he does like all the injuries. He could very well sneak in, you know, to the yeah. uh, like. Clearly, the players have given him props over who I put on there, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, so, you know, it's not nothing, and I think I'd be happy to have Andrew Wiggins on the All Star team over Ayton. Like, I don't have a problem with that. It's just the starting thing. This like, it's not as in quite as inflammatory as BJ Armstrong in 1994, but <laughs> he did well. I guess he, the warrior the warrior fans really showed up for him, which I guess in that it's it's a fan vote and he deserves it. I guess right, but like if it's a fan vote, then why why didn't you vote for Draymond? Like I don't understand. Like yeah, I don't understand the fans. Sixth place, I guess only that only warriors voted and didn't get enough. Right, like I just and I, not I, the I, the stupid basketball fans voted. Oh, he Andrew, Andrew Wiggins is the leading scorer, second leading scorer, and the, the top team in the West. So let's vote him in. Ridiculous. Like, I, if it's really like, because if it's really like a Warriors fan base thing, Draymond's right there. Um, He's the anyway. second best player in the team. Best player, maybe, considering how Steph's shooting recently. Yeah. Well, I would still call Dre the second best, but, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> let, that's another topic for another day. Let's, let's move on. Have you looked at some of the, uh, the player voting? Because it's really I'm interesting. On- I've only problems. seen like the, the the results. Uh I haven't seen the the total the full player votes. Yeah, so um here I've I've got it and this is from the um from the NBA's like all-star thing. So um I found some things really interesting. Um in the player rank for the East Front Court, the top three are no surprise. It's KD Giannis and B. Like that's yeah. everyone's top three. Do you know what number four is? I'm looking at it now. Wow. Miles yeah. Bridges. Miles Bridges. Wait, over, what happened? Over Jared Allen, Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler. Miles Bridges. It didn't make either of our teams. No. <laughs> I, I briefly considered him because he is having a great season. I still think that... I still wouldn't put him quite as all-star because I do think that he, he lags behind Tatum and Butler. He's not quite the defensive force that Allen is. He's yeah. a little more play finisher, but he has some self-creation stuff, which I really appreciated it. So, I don't know. I mean, the fact Maybe that they the want players... LaMelo and uh, Miles Bridges connecting in the all-star game. Well, then why did they vote LaMelo six? There are more guards in the in the East though to to vote up above him. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> Dude, what's happening in this media ranking though? Like, I know three first place and all four. And then the rest are four. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. I, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. Like, why the the top th- the three players who are listed number one are KD, Giannis, indeed. That's weird that the, everyone else is tied. How the hell did that happen? What are the chances of like everyone just getting the same amount of votes? 
it's weird. I, I don't know what happened there. So basically, like one media member voted for each each of the other people. I guess I don't know. I don't know how the hell that happened. That was that was interesting. Like Bam Adebayo got tied for media ranking, and he's played like what, fifteen games. Yeah, hasn't, he hasn't played, played that much. That was interesting. Um, look at the West front court. So I'll hmm. I'll read off the the player ranking. So. LeBron, Jokic, yes. yeah. Draymond, Rudy Gobert, Andrew Wiggins, DeAndre Ayton, and then Carl Anthony Towns. Wow, I guess the well, that's pretty low for for Cat. That's low. I mean, they got I mean, freaking Wiggins ahead of him. <laughs> Wiggins and Ayton ahead of Carl Anthony Towns. The players perceive that. I was like, wow, really? Wow. No one's no one's I'm watching the surprised. wolves. But they're the What's players, that? they're playing each other. It's weird. No. But I mean, this is this is something I wonder. It's like what what I I I don't know. Like I want to know their thoughts. Like, how are you putting Wiggins and Aiden over Cat? Their pro my suspicion is that it's not about skill, it's about Wiggins and Aiden being on good teams. More than that's what it seems like basketball, because I don't know. Like maybe some one of those NBA players can make an argument. It would be hard yeah. to sell Carl Anthony Towns not a better player than Aiton or Wiggins. Yeah, I think I think here it's more like it seems like the players' criteria just based on this is like team team ranking. Uh, then how much like if you're one of the top two or three players on the team, and then maybe. Reputation, so that's why you get your your Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yeah, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> well, in fairness, Carmelo Anthony got 12 in player ranking, so you know, no surprise there, I guess. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, if it's if you're taking into account how good the team is, why did you put Miles Bridges over Jared Allen? Yeah, I don't know. It's you know I mean? very inconsistent. It's inconsistent. Um, and then let's look at these West guard player rankings. So like you said earlier, Donovan Mitchell got eighth in fan ranking. He, he scored even worse in player ranking. He's ninth. Wow. And this is behind. He's behind DeJounte Murray and Anthony Edwards. That's very like surprising. That. DeJounte Murray is balling though. He is. I mean, not not knocking him at all, but what? That's very, sur- that's very surprising. Donovan Mitchell is probably better than both of them. Yeah, seriously. Not that, that I mean, probably just, is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm just a little surprised. Like, do, like, do people really not, like the players, and this can't be, this isn't, this isn't a team thing because both the Spurs and the Wolves aren't, don't have a better record than the Jazz. So what what's going on there? I want to know. Like, why why did you rank Donovan Mitchell so low? Like, do you hate like other players not like him or they just not respect him? Like, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I think there's also like uh, there's probably some some. I think I saw Stephen Adams got some votes as well from the players. So that there might be like the people also voting for like people they like as well. That might be a part of it. 
like why some more deserving players got low ranks. Yeah. I huh. it's very it's very interesting how the players vote here. I really I just wanna I'll probably never like get into media, but I really just wanna know <laughs> like how? how how did this come out? Um and by the way, so with the with that West Guard ranking, so the top five are Steph, Ja, Booker, Luca, Chris Paul. As I mentioned, six is DeJounte Murray and eight is Anthony Edwards. I want to know who they ranked seven. It's not, it's not listed here. They listed someone at seven that's not on here. I really like, I'm trying to like, I'm racking my brain. Can you think of it? It's Russell Westbrook. Probably. I would, I would probably bet that that seventh player is Russell Westbrook. Yeah, the players respect him. Mouse Bridges. Players respect him. Players Last respect night, him. yeah. That would be surprising, yeah. I mean, Damon Lillard hasn't been playing at all well, and he's 11th there. That's true. That's true. And he's um, been injured. <laughs> he has been injured, and he's he had surgery, so he'll be back soon, but he's he can't be an all-star. Um, Thompson got 13th, like... I kind of like that though. <laughs> fan, that's yeah, my fan, was, Thompson bias. He was fourth in the fan votes. So. <laughs> of course, I mean, the captain, the sea captain, Clay Thompson. No one's just straight up popularity, so I'm not surprised there. Um, did Did you see the the inside the NBA votes? Shaq, Ooh. Chuck, Kenny, and Ernie. No, I did not. I did not. They were pretty bad. Um, oh gosh. You're pretty bad. So who voted for um, who? Yeah. So uh, in the East Reserves, they all voted for Gar- Darius Garland, Zach Levine, and Jason Tatum. Like no, no shock there. Okay. These these were announced after after the mm-hmm. starters were announced. So the interesting ones, <laughs> Chuck, Kenny, and Ernie, all have Tyler Hero on there. What did they have, man? Do they have who? Either but one of Butler or Bam. Yes. So Chuck and Ernie both have Jimmy Butler on there as well. Kenny doesn't. Okay, but so then why did they put Tyler Hero there as well? Wow, that's surprising. I and I, again, like I don't want to disrespect Tyler Hero because Tyler Hero has been very good this year, and he probably is going to win the Sixth Man of the Year, and deservedly so. But I mean. And I mean, if you really just want to represent the Heat and your argument is Butler and Bam haven't played enough, then maybe, but still, it's like, uh, I would just hope, like, people at least acknowledge that Tyler Hero is at best their third best player. Probably, I wouldn't say third best even. I would say fourth. Mm. Um, That's very surprising. Tyler, Tyler Hero, I yeah. think, having a good season, but... Yeah, we did. We didn't. We didn't. Did we even discuss it last week? I don't think it came up last week when we were talking about this, or two weeks ago. No, no, we didn't even mention Tyler Hero. Yeah. But Tyler, Tyler, Shout out Tyler Hero. Hero. Yeah, no, no disrespect. Um, and interestingly, Chuck, the has he does not have James Harden in there. Instead, having Fred Van Vliet and Tyler Hero. I love Is that it. Interesting. 
I love, I love that. It. <laughs> clearly hating on Harden, even though Harden is still a superior player to both of those guys. <laughs> He fits the agenda. I agree with yeah. Chuck now. Every... Yep. <laughs> now, let's... No, but James Harden, come on, man. Yeah. The, the West reserves were pretty interesting, too. Like, I, there's one in particular. Um, so all of them picked Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Gobert, Draymond, Donovan Mitchell, and Chris Paul. Like, that's six out of the seven reserves that are the same. It's the last one. So Ernie and Shaq picked Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. I think Kenny, Kenny was making a joke, and he put Jared Jeffries. What? Is he I don't even know in the why. league? No. Jared Jeffries is yeah. long retired. I, I, I have to, I yeah, have exactly. to watch the segment. So I got to find out if that's like a joke or not. I just saw this on Twitter this morning. Like, Jared Jeffries? I, I mean, I don't know. Chuck, interestingly, has Jaron Jackson Jr. Ooh. Yeah, and I, I can see the That's argument because, like, well, we got to represent more of the Grizzlies. Good shout. Good shout. But again, I, I wouldn't quite say uh, Jaron Jackson is um, all star caliber. He's been great, but he still needs to work on some stuff. But I love Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, I, I, he's on my mind because he came up on the Thinking Basketball made the video on him recently. So mm-hmm. he's good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you haven't watched him. He's good. He's probably like a sub all star or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say he's very much a sub all star. All right. Let's move on to our next segment. Some Laker thoughts. We, I feel like we talk about a... the Lakers a lot on this podcast. A little too much. We what? We talk about the Lakers a little too much on this podcast. <laughs> Wait, do we? Well, no, I think everyone talks about the Lakers. They're, they are the media cash cow for the for the league. They are. They are. And honestly, the Lakers are just unfortunate because the Nets have a ton of issues. Um, but because they have a better record, no one's talking about those issues. <laughs> so, um, but let's. But there are some things about the Lakers that are that really are irritating me. Beyond the basketball, of course, because the basketball is irritating. But I, I want to get your thoughts. Um, apparently, Frank Vogel's job was on the line, and they beat Utah a couple, probably last week, and that saved yeah. his job. That singular game saved Frank Vogel's job. I would like to know you, as a Lakers fan, um, what your thoughts on that. I mean, this guy brought you a title in pretty dominant fashion as a as a defensive coach. Like his strategy was so key to that Lakers run in 2020. Yeah. Um, I think it was understandable like why they were thinking about it at the time because the Lakers like just lost by like 50 or something against the Nuggets before the oh. Jazz game. So, and it, that was a really bad game. They were like not trying at all on defense. And Coach Nick did a breakdown on that. It just shows you like where where the effort like they weren't doing they weren't putting any effort on defense, which is just awful. Right. Um, maybe at and 
And then I watched the Jazz game, and it was much better from the Lakers. They were a little bit more. They had, there was more pip to their step, so I guess that's why they didn't, didn't end up firing him. Um, it would have been really like, just the for me, it's just the ownership like trying to cover their ass. Very frustrating as a Lakers fan because this off season, I know when we previewed it, I was very high on them. I was like, I think it was number one seed, but cle- clearly, like, I because I thought the talent would just carry it, but clearly the fit. Which we talked about a lot in our preview, like the fit issues of the roster have not have played out more than like the talent. Westbrook is playing awful. The big yeah. they had, they don't have good big lineups. Like they had to put LeBron at center, um, and it just doesn't fit Frank's style. So I don't know why they had a winning formula for the last two seasons, yeah, and they went away from it, and I don't yes. know why. <laughs> Uh, and even on the fringe, like I can understand why they went for Westbrook because he's another star and genie like stars. So I can see the allure of that as from her from her perspective. But she also like refused to pay Alex Caruso, right? Which was really stupid. Yeah, and clearly they could have used him. Um, yeah, really frustrating season as a Lakers fan. I really, yeah. I, I hope that now that AD is back. Last week, I think I would have been a bit more pissed. This week, I'm a little bit feeling a little bit better now that AD is back. Mm. Uh, but I watched the end of the game that first night where Westbrook nearly brought us back and then took a stupid shot down. <laughs> like, yeah, he giveth and he taketh away. But yes. Westbrook is such a. <laughs> Such. That is the give and take of Russell Westbrook. I hate him on my team. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, like this Lakers, this Lakers team is just very frustrating season. I kind of wish they stuck to the to the formula they had in the last two years. Yeah, defense first, uh, LeBron AD off pretty much your offense. Probably the crossroads that in the offseason was the Buddy Heald trade. Um. Versus getting Westbrook, they probably should have gotten Buddy Hill. I don't know. Yeah, and or and keep remember, Caruso. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you also remember that there were some apparently some talks about getting Kyle Lowry? Yeah, that was last season. That was a that was last season, I think. Right? That was the trade deadline last year. And yeah, yeah. So. Um, and the sticking point was Taylor Horton, Taylor Horton Tucker, who they're oh shopping my. now. And you know, I'll, I'm not gonna lie, I was I was hesitant because it's like, well, do you want to give up your only young asset to to get a player who's like a three month rental? Because I think that was one of the issues too. It's like, well, Kyle Lowry, it doesn't seem like he's going to stay with the Lakers. So don't give up Taylor Horton Tucker if Kyle Lowry isn't going to stay and there were arguments like, well, you can retain him, pay him more money because you'll get his bird rights. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, I mean, that's totally fair. But like at this point in Kyle Lowry's career, is he just going to look for winning? And if he doesn't feel like he's going to do it on the Lakers, then you have just given up your assets and then you can't get a marquee free agent in the, or he'd be be pretty stupid to think that he can't win in the Lakers with LeBron and AD. Right, Right. But like, yeah, and then hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like, well, yeah, maybe you should have just gotten rid of Talon, and because now he's like not produced the way you thought he would. And so yeah, 
disappointing yeah. season so far. You you basically touched on a, a bunch of stuff um, that are plaguing the Lakers. Like like you mentioned the that video, um, Coach Nick broke it down. And I, I watched that Lakers-Nets game um, where the Lakers, I mean, pretty handily beat the Nets, but the Nets also mm. weren't playing Kyrie or KD. That's one thing yeah. you have to keep in mind. But I did see a ton of defensive breakdowns. A lot of it was in transition, which is like, and it's not like fast break transition. It's just made bucket and James Harden literally walked into the paint. Like, if you're not picking up James Harden, the only guy who can get to the rim on the nets at this point, then that's a problem. Frank Vogel was pissed. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, watching it, that game was frustrating because both sides did it. Like, the transition (laughs) defense, awful. It was terrible. It was so bad. Like, so many just people walking into layups is ridiculous. Um, But... There, there were a bunch of other breakdowns in the half court too, like AD coming back. Yeah, there's going to be some communication errors because it seems like the Lakers have changed their defense a little bit since AD was gone to more switching yeah. and AD is like not caught up. So, th- I mean, that's part of that's understandable. So, I mean, it's some of the players' fault. Like the, the effort's not always there. The attention is not always there. Like yeah. mistakes, like not picking up James Harden in semi-transition off a made basket is unacceptable. And that can never happen. That should never happen. Um, the, yeah. The only right? offensive threat, basically. Exactly. And, you know, some of this, like the injuries part, yeah, I mean, AD missed a ton of time. So if he has miscommunications, you don't like it, but it's understandable. But also, AD just got hurt again? Yeah, he missed today's game. He's hurt again. He just got back from an MCL, and he's hurt again? Like, AD is probably the league leader in the last three years at locker room visits per game. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like, what is going on with this guy? Why? Wh- I don't understand why he's so fragile. I'm so confused. He gets these tiny nicks and bruises all the time, and I'm not knocking them. Because I mean, I'm not saying that he's not hurt, but it's like, but why? Why is he always hurt? Yeah, like he's really made of glass at this point. I actually I didn't know that. I thought he was resting today. That's I I completely missed that. Yeah, no, that they said breaks my mood down. <laughs> I'm makes, sorry. Breaks my mood. <laughs> sucks, man. It sucks. After the good game against the Sixers as well. Come on. I know he played so well against Embiid too. It sucks. Yeah. And honestly, like the the two games that AD's played since he's come back, he's looked all right. Like, yeah, he's looked he looked better in those two games than he has all season. So maybe he just needed a little more rest. I mean, he looks good, and then he gets hurt again. I'm like, oh, fucking hey, really? Again? Hopefully, it's not a long term one. He played Hopefully. through it in the Sixers game. I just read. So he did. He did. Um. But yeah, so a lot of the Lakers' issues are players' fault, right? Um, and I mean, the KOC rant on Russell Westbrook. And <laughs> that was good. Or right. Was it? But like... He, fit in or fit out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never seen KOC like that. Um, I liked it. I, I really enjoyed yeah. it. But 
he, he, I mean, he's absolutely right. Like, if Russell Westbrook isn't going to become a good three-point shooter, which apparently he's decent in the corners, if you're really going to take, you, like, if you're if you're not going to be that useful on offense, you should give a little more on defense, and he isn't. Right? Like, we love players who, in different roles, can kind of shift what they do, and it's still very good. It's still very effective. Right? And it doesn't seem like Westbrook is that. He doesn't seem to be able to adjust his role. He can't, it doesn't yeah. seem like he's able or will even willing to shift, give away some of his energy, give away possessions on offense to have more energy on defense. Because I've, se- I've watched him in Oklahoma City. Like, he, he, could, he could be an elite defender when he wanted to, especially on the ball. Yes. But he, he loses attention. He frankly doesn't give a shit, it seems like, sometimes. I don't know. I, it sucks. Like, Westbrook is not adjusting. And here are some stats for you that, you know, kind of illuminate this. Um, when Russell Westbrook and LeBron James are on the floor together, their offensive rating is 113.8. When it's just LeBron James, it's 113.9. So it's just as good without <laughs> Westbrook as with. Wow. And then when it's only Russell Westbrook, it's 103. It drops by 10 points. You oh lose gosh. 10 points on offense per 100 possessions by removing LeBron James. That's not good. That's really Gosh. bad. That's really bad. That's really bad. 103 would be like the worst offense in the league, right? I think so, yeah. Gosh. So that's, that's not good. And Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, you're hoping that it's more additive than it is. And it's, it's straight up not. It's, <laughs> like, it's basically the same. And that's not a good thing if you're Russell Westbrook. It means that you are not adding to an offense when there is another player taking the ball away from you. And it shows like his inelasticity. In, in like he has, he has to have the ball or otherwise he doesn't contribute. And it's a problem. And this is what the Lakers signed up for. Yeah, it's very frustrating to watch him. Like he could be such a good, like, I, he could be a good, he could be a good screen roller maybe. He could be the good, if he's not, not with the ball, he could do it kind of what, Gary Payton the second does the world does want yeah. to be that kind of role player. Ah, very frustrating. This Russell I, Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is very frustrating. But yeah, like I think I think you and I have actually touched on this before. He really could thrive as an a supercharged version of the Gary Payton Bruce Brown position, but yeah. we've coined the biggie small. The Shout biggie out small. notorious BIG. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Westbrook is the biggie small, you can use him in pick and roll. He's probably a way better short roll passer than either of those guys. You get him downhill with two guys going after LeBron James. Like if, if you keep one guy in LeBron, he'll pick you apart. If you send two to the ball, you give Westbrook that chance to go downhill and West and you take advantage of one of the things that Westbrook does very well. And that's interior passing. Yeah, that is Westbrook far and away Westbrook's best skill, and he's elite at it still now. 
and you have Anthony Davis. Like, yeah. I feel like there's just, there's so much more that you can do with Westbrook to really help out with all this stuff. Get him off, like, run double drag screens for him to get him downhill and put, let, let Anthony Davis roll with him. You know, if you're, like, there, I feel like there's more things that they can do to get Russell Westbrook in better positions to use the skills that he's really good at. And that leads me to Frank. <laughs> because Frank's not... Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it is like, I mean, he's played LeBron at center and it looked, pre- it was, it looked pretty good. He had to, right? I mean, the big lineup... Everyone was injured. Yeah. Everyone was injured. He had to do what he had to do. But the rotations haven't always been perfect. Like, he is just not putting seemingly fitting... Um, lineups out there. Like when they had Rajon Rondo, he was putting Rondo and Westbrook and LeBron James and Dwight Howard at the same time. And that was like, mm, okay, so you're not going to have any shooting. Great. Yeah, that was, oh, I can't believe he even, he even considered that lineup. Like everyone was like, I think there was Nikias and Steve Jones are waiting for that lineup and they just, their head, their heads exploded when that happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, of course, the poor play calling. Like it, it, it's been bad. Like the, the offense has been terrible. Straight up. <laughs> like they just, they basically get yeah. nothing easy. Yeah. So, like, do you think, like, if they fired Frank, who could they have conceivably, like, even replaced him with that could have changed, overhauled this whole thing, right? Like, I guess that's what I think that came out this week that they decided against firing him because replacing him won't. Be enough, like there won't be enough change, enough time to change anything, or like the effect of right. the change of the coach won't be good enough, right? Yeah, I mean, if you, it wouldn't. So you might as well keep Frank. And I mean, I I can't remember who mentioned it, but maybe you bring aboard Mike D'Antoni as an assistant, Ooh. as an offensive coordinator, right? Like you don't need anything crazy, and Mike does. He's really, he doesn't run complex sets, but the attention to detail on those sets um, is so good. Like putting the players in the exact spot, the angle of the screen, like timing of the execution. Like that's what the Lakers need. They don't need to run these complex sets. Run basic, you can run a basic pick and roll, but execute it in a way that really helps. Now, part of that is having personnel to do it, which, you know, they partly don't, but. I mean, you know, I think they just need an offensive coordinator. I really don't think, like, Frank, I I guess I'll get to it now. I thought it was ridiculous that they were really blaming Frank for this. Because it's their fault. It's, like, there are parts, there's blame to go all the way around. Every single person in the Lakers, from coaching staff to players, they... Everyone is at fault. But to really say your job is on the line because it's your fault when it's ownership, it's management that put together the crappy roster. It's management's fault for not having the self-awareness. Like, what did you, like, repeat it. Say it again. What's the, what was the formula for a good LeBron James team? 
shooters, <laughs> a bunch of shooters and a, a bunch of shooters and good defense, basically. LeBron, the LeBron ball, exactly. Good shooters and defense. And what did you provide LeBron and AD this season? Not that. You brought one shooter and one defender. I missed the 2020 Lakers team. Even last year's team was still pretty good. Right. That's the thing. It's like, I don't, like, it seems like they got lucky with constructing the 2020 team. Because you kind of see, like, where they don't really have the best self-awareness. Right, like the 2020, like of course, if you have Anthony Davis, go get Anthony Davis. That's not a hard decision to, to make. And that team was great. It was constructed very well. It it was perfect for what they needed. Um, and then in 2021, like you make some moves to try to improve, nothing crazy, but you really start to see, like, huh, okay, maybe, maybe they're not quite as maybe the there's some things missing, but maybe they were just trying to boost some stuff. Like at least Dennis Schroeder tried at the point of attack and he was a pest. Yeah. Right. But it was the Montrez Harrell one where I was like, you watch, you watched that Clipper series, right? <laughs> you watched him on the Clippers, but at the same time, it's like, okay, maybe you just need more bench scoring. That's fine. Like I, and then 2022 happens and it's like, Oh, you, 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 you don't know really know what you're doing or you just like didn't care and you just wanted to get the marquee aid free agent not free agent but the marquee name in russell westbrook like the name is more important than the fit i think that's definitely a consideration i i forget which podcast genie was on but she definitely like she understands the lakers brand and the brand is stars so i think that's one of her priorities as running the lakers is to get stars on the lakers but isn't in a way if you think about it, the if the brand is stars, shouldn't the brand be winning? I, I agree with that. I just like I think that's just how she thinks about it. It's it's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb to say the least. Like, like if you're if you're so star driven, I mean, you would think that stars equals winning but it doesn't always this is an excellent example of it but like we've seen the lakers make this mistake before dwight howard <laughs> that first iteration of dwight howard Pau gasol like they just loaded up with stars and it didn't work because you you put together this roster there was a personality clash people were old and injured and you also did not have a defensive coach this one, uh, this this season, people were kind of trying to compare this this Lakers roster with the 2004 Lakers. It's more like the 2013 Lakers. Yeah, the 20 the 2004 Lakers. On. The 2004 Lakers also like didn't fit well. The they, were good, Malone, they were, were good though. They were good. The Carl Malone thing and... fit very well. Carl Malone fit very well. It was the Gary Payton one where I was like, yeah, um, no. <laughs> But Carl Malone was a good was a good um, addition there. But anyway, let's not get too sidetracked. I just think like I thought it was ludicrous that Frank's job was on the line, but really it's management's fault. 
like, well, I don't understand why Rob Palinka's not on the hot seat, why Kirk Rambis, why you're listening to Kirk Rambis when Kirk Rambis has literally zero evidence for competency at his job. He's off. Like he, he's he's put together some pretty terrible rosters in Minnesota. Like, what exactly led you to believe that Kirk Rambis would be your solution? It makes sense why, like, the Lakers continue to stuck with, Jay, with DeAndre Jordan for some time now as well. Exactly. It's like, you care more about the name than the act. Like, are you watching what's happening on the court? And even if you said, well, we think that Russell Westbrook is so talented that it'll fit, right? It's like, okay, get a coach that will make it fit. Like, you should know who you have. Like, they shouldn't have extended know, him, yeah. We know, like, we know Frank isn't the, the best at X's and O's on the offensive side. Like, you're going to have to get a little more creative. So why didn't you call, give Mike D'Antoni a call? Maybe they did. I don't know. But why didn't you try to get an offensive coordinator? Like, there are some solutions here than firing Frank. Yeah. Um, how much do you blame the GM on this on this part? GM? You know, because for sure, like LeBron and even AD probably had had some say in like getting Westbrook. Mm. They ran it by them. Hey, you want Buddy healed? They get Russell Westbrook, and I'm sure they talked about it. I mean, they probably chatted with Westbrook themselves. Hey, we're gonna make probably, this work. Probably. That's a good question. So, you know, it's hard to say. I actually have no idea how, but you're probably right in assuming that LeBron is, um, LeBron was in. Yeah, a part in the decision for sure. For sure. Like there's no way they don't involve them. Like you have to. That's a good point. Um, To be honest, I don't know. I really don't. Um, Clearly some, because I mean, again. At the end of the day still, like, even on the fringes, they still fucked up. I mean, Caruso is the biggest example of that. That's true. I didn't even bring up Caruso. Yeah, you're right. I mean, again, lack of awareness. Like, you went for the name rather than the guy who really, really exemplifies what you guys need to do. I mean, Alex Caruso was the perfect guy for you. And I'm glad he's getting rare condition in. now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just... It pisses me. It just the Frank thing really pisses me off. It really does. Yeah, Lakers they're, they're terrible, terrible season so far. But terrible. Who knows? Maybe they still. Do you, do you, do you think they can turn it around? No. Like they're probably the one. Either one out. I don't. Um, it depends on the matchup. Now, I mean, I don't think that they're. I still trust in LeBron and AD. So at the top of their game, they're probably, yeah. I think that they'll still make the second round. Like, let's say they match up with Memphis. I don't see Memphis beating them, but they're not going to beat. I mean, I guess in, in a weird, there's, there's a chance that they beat Utah. I don't see them getting past the conference semis. Yeah, they can't. I cannot do Phoenix. Yeah, no. probably not. They're ninth right now, though, so that they're, they're in the they playing game. Right now. So they're playing again. So that's, yeah, I mean, 
there is, a, I guess there's technically a chance they don't even make the playoffs. But Oof. remember how I said like they were one move away from being a title contender? <laughs> I don't know what move they can make. That's a thing. That's another thing that where management failed. Like they didn't give themselves the chance to change things because they have these three guys occupying most of their luxury tax or their, their salary cap. Yeah. And then the rest are veteran minimums. It's like, well, you can't trade any of those because you're going to get another veteran minimum guy that probably <clears throat> won't help you as much as a guy like who's making 10 million and could actually help you. Like Robert Covington's probably going to be on the move and could really help you, but you can't get him. Yeah. Like Yusuf Nurkic might also help, but you can't get him. Now you definitely can't get Buddy Healed. Yeah, they cannot. Right? They got lucky. Like, they got lucky with uh well to be fair, they, they have made some good moves. Like they got Stanley Johnson's thing, they drafted Austin Reeves. It's a luck. <laughs> right, right. And and, and those, those things, Not yeah, all those, bad, those are so. very true. Not all bad, but it's like you might as well have just kept Caruso, and yeah, I mean there there, and I would hope that they're like, let's let's go after Paul Millsap. Let's see if we can get him, because Paul Millsap wants out. I don't know what his contract ah, situation, yeah. is, but look into that. See if you can make a deal with Brooklyn for Paul Millsap. I don't know if Brooklyn will want to, but Paul Millsap <laughs> wants out, and he'd probably help you. Back up Anthony Davis. Not not you could do a lot worse than Paul Nelson. Yep. All right. Get even older. Get an even older roster. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh let's close this out with some notable performances from the last two weeks. Joel Embiid. 50 piece. Dude, this balling. I think he outscored he outscored the team uh, who was who were they playing they outscored them after three quarters or something oh, not geez. three no Did no he I really? didn't know Kobe I think he he outscored them when he was on the floor really was 27 minutes I think that I like think that's he, the stat. he outscored wow really that's wow well I didn't know that but that's very cool <laughs> but yes Embiid is absolutely balling um, in this game in particular, um, he was 17 of 23 from the field, which is, he was hot all night, 9 of 12 from mid-range, 7 of 7 in the paint, and he scored 20 points in the first quarter, in addition to playing very good defense. I mean, Joel is just, he's un believable uh, And they were playing Orlando, by the way. Um, just unreal, unreal performance. Yeah, that like Joel Embiid is balling, and this this game was just like a microcosm of the last a few last couple of months. Um, yes, what he's like one of the best. He's like probably up there with Jokic playing, but in terms of how well he's playing the last couple of months. Yeah, and of course I mean, your Giannis's and Stephs, but I course, think these two guys course. are. Up there. No, no doubt. I mean, just look at his game logs. Last few games. Um, just, I'm just going to read off uh, the number of points he scored in reverse chronological order. 
26, 42, 38, 40, 50, 32, 32, 25. Then five Jeez. straight 31s. Like this dude, wow. this dude is going on an absolute tear. And we shouted out his 50 piece, but he's been playing well for months. Both sides of the ball. He's a dominant defensive player. I think he's going to be all defensive second team. In addition to being the most dominant post presence in the game. And this game didn't show it, but he is a much improved passer. Yes. Much better this season than he was I'm last year. I mean, much quicker, much better execution. He's throwing some no looks as well. He is. Channeling he is. his inner Jokic. <laughs> oh, man. So, I want to get your thoughts on this. If I told you that Joe, I think Joel Embiid is one of the three best players in the NBA, what would be your reaction? Top three. I feel like the top six are pretty close. So I don't, I think top three, like, if you think he's third, second, or third, I think it's hard to argue. I can see why someone would put him there. I think he deserves that spot. Who are the Where? top who are the six? Are? Who are the, who are I mean, the six, the six are pretty else? clear, right? Yeah. So who would, and for those of you who are trying to guess, which I hope you wouldn't be, yeah. the clear six are Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, Steph, KD, and LeBron. Those are the six best players. Yeah. So yeah. Where, where would you have Embiid? Recency bias. Recency bias definitely playing a big part in this. I think I haven't thought I haven't thought of, thought of this too hard, but off the top of my head, I think it is right about right about where I'd put him. I'm not sure though. Where do you have him? I I don't have an exact, but I think. Yeah. At worst, he's three. Take plus or minus. I think he's plus three. Plus or minus two. <laughs> he might be two. Because Giannis wow. has, hasn't quite been still dominant on both sides of the ball. But there, I think there is now an argument that, yeah, maybe Embiid is better than both Giannis and Jokic. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. But, I mean, at the same yeah, time, Jokic Giannis is the best player. fucking ridiculous. So I'm right now. I do have I have Embiid three, which I really didn't think that I I thought there would be a clear top five. Embiid is six easy, but no. That, I mean, Embiid is incredible, and so Embiid would be three for me. But malleable, we'll see. Could change. I'm glad the big men are making a return. Yeah, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid, of course. If you think about it. The top, the guys I have in my top three right now, all big men, and also yeah. all non-American. That's actually good shout. Yeah, wow. Right. I feel like that's the first time see, that's ever happened, where like the top uh-huh. three are non-Americans. The game is truly global. Well, up in really number one. <laughs> Man. So, 
Well, let's let's also talk about the guy who we who you might have be. One. I have one. Jokic. Nikola, what a man! I mean, a forty. Stuck on a. Stuck on a what? Stuck on a stuck on a poor uh, poor poor situation with all all the Nuggets injuries. Yeah, sucks because like they actually had a decent roster constructed around him, and they all just yeah. like went down like flies. Jamal Murray was the perfect guard for him, and out with an ACL. PJ Dozier is a good guard for him, defensive guard out with an ACL. Porter Jr. good off ball. 6'10 forward out with a disc injury in his back. Like, Aaron I thought Gordon he was good, man. Like, fuck. It sucks poor Nuggets. Like, and now he's stuck with, like, yeah. Stuck with Faku. Because <laughs> honestly, like, if you think about what the Nuggets' potential lineup could be, Jokic, let's say Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray and Will Barton. Porter Jr. Porter Jr. No. I let's put Jeff Green because Jeff Green's significantly better defender. That's a very, really very good defensive lineup. Really good, really good lineup. Um. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean Porter Jr. would make them an incredible offense, but Jeff the Jeff Green thing makes them a good defense too. So yeah, it sucks, but. In this game, Jokic had 49 points, um, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, which would have been 11 if Gordon didn't miss a bunny. Um, <laughs> overtime victory over the Clippers. I mean, it was. It culminated in th- that pass to seal the game. That pass was stupid. It was like, incredible. I, can't, I don't know. Incredible pass. Like, think about all the guys in NBA history that could make that pass. LeBron. Yeah. Magic? Yeah. Can Bird make it? Probably it. Bird can. Maybe Bird. Maybe Bird. Maybe Luca. That's it. Those are Bill Walton? Maybe. It's hard to translate Bill Walton because he didn't play in the three-point area. Right. But like the only other two people I would really think could definitely make that fast are LeBron and Magic. Not yes, bad yes. company. Not bad company. I mean, he really is arguably the best passer ever, which is crazy. Yeah. And so, I mean, absolutely dominant. You, I think when we, we chatted, you talked about uh, some of the defense that he was playing. What, yeah. what did you say I, in terms of his defense this game against the Clippers? I was mainly t- talking about the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of times where, I mean, they they still definitely the Nuggets the, the Nuggets the Clippers definitely try to target him in pick and rolls, mm-hmm. um, and I guess to take a, take advantage of the drop coverage that they're playing and the Jokic not necessarily being the quickest on his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I feel like there were a couple of times where he just. Reggie Jackson got easy shots out of it, so yeah. that's what that's. But that's what I was pointing out when I was talking sure. to you about it, um, particularly in the clutch. Like, although I would say I think the last one that Jack that Reggie got, Jokic actually contested pretty well. Yeah. So it's not like it was all bad. There were just 
times where after I could tell he was tired. You could tell he was a bit tired because after yeah. when his this guy got rid of the ball or he had to switch, he got a bit lazy. Lazy yeah. um lazy getting out to the man. Um I think there was well, yeah. <laughs> Not I didn't mean to make this pun, but yeah, one of them was a switch on Terrence man. He was kind of open for three. It was just lucky that he got the he, he didn't take the shot right away and tried to dribble in and they got a shot clock violation instead. Yeah. So overall though, um I think it's his 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 defense is still it's definitely an issue, but considering how you how well he plays offensively, it might be worth the it's def, and and the fact that he still makes big defensive plays occasionally, especially like in that game he had a steal. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. overall I still think he's a still a plus defender under the Nuggets, especially out especially with yeah. how much load he has on offense. For sure, for sure. I think and I think you're you're exactly right with the fourth quarter stuff because he looked I mean, a 49 point triple double. He was clearly doing everything. He was like abs. He was gassed. So defense in the fourth quarter didn't look yeah. as good as it usually does. So that's that's pretty spot on. I do think that some of it, because there were moments where if you just like watch it on the on the surface, it's like, oh wow, like Yoke is actually getting cooked right now. Um, but some of it is the Nuggets defense is just bad overall. The screen navigation That's is fair. so That's bad. Fair. It's like it's like, okay, well, why is Reggie Jackson constantly open? The, yeah. like, there's no one contesting him, like getting over like there's it's continually poor screen navigation with almost no rear contest. Jokic, who isn't the best defender to begin with, has to play two-on-one constantly. But yeah, some of, I do feel like some of it was the Nuggets giving up certain things um, because of the, clip, like, the Clippers' weaknesses. Like They actually started the game um, in deep drop to let mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson shoot. By the way, Reggie Jackson is shooting what, like thirty-one percent? Good strategy, but he played well. But that he just day. like he cooked them this time. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> is Reggie Jackson gonna miss today? So I mean, they gave up a shot, and he just happened to make them. I mean, it, it is what it is. That's not Jokic's fault. Could Jokic have contested a lot of those better? In particular, in the fourth quarter, yeah, he definitely could have. I mean, he was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> could have contested them better. I'm not gonna, you know. I think that's fair, but like. They also gave up, like when you ice the sideline pick and roll, Ibaka hits a pick, like a pick and pop. Like that's what you give up. Yeah. Right. Get, and, and this is, you're playing Tyron Lou. He's going to see that stuff and he makes the adjustment on the fly. And then when Jokic yes. play at the level, I mean, it's again, it's a Tai Lu coach team. So they're going to hit the pass and hit the roller. The low man. Like the low man on defense has to choose between the roller and the corner three, and the, the Clippers just happen to make the right plays. So, you know. Well coached team. Exactly. They're a very well coached team. They're not particularly good, but that's because of the talent. It's not because of the coaching. Mm-hmm. So, I think, like, you know, one thing I wish Coach Malone did was go under against Reggie Jackson. He stopped rotation. <laughs> period, or at least send elbow help off of a bad shooter like Brandon Boston Jr. So there's, but at the same time, like, can't, like, if you've never practiced that, don't do it. I don't know. But I feel like you know how to go under. 
Yeah. But like you said, Jokic had really good moments too um, on the defensive end. Like with the 43 seconds, um, Jokic did uh, stay with Reggie Jackson and contested the floater. The floating fadeaway that had almost no chance to go in, mm. even though it definitely went in. Like it went in. It's ridiculous. I mean, like that was a chamba shot. Like you would not expect Reggie Jackson to make that. And it kind of shows like why the Clippers were in this game to begin with. Just ridiculously hot shooting from everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big Jokic is really good. Um, the Nuggets, not so good. Actually, just one thing I noticed watching watching Nuggets games. I don't know if you know if you watch many, but they can't and they can't. Pass him the ball in the post sometimes. It's very bad. Oh, yeah. The oh, entry yeah. passing is terrible. The entry passing league-wide is terrible. Fair. Do you want to know who the best entry passer is in the league? Nikola Jokic. It's Nikola Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. That's kind of a problem. It's a big problem when the best... Probably the second best post player in the NBA... Is the best entry passer in the NBA. It's a problem. No, none of none of the top ten I assume are in the Nuggets because just watching them, they're pretty bad. Like he sometimes he has good position and he can't he can't get it. Rudy Gobert also yeah. has the same problem sometimes. Yeah, Embiid has the same problem. <laughs> Embiid, if there was one thing these guys, yeah. If there was one thing that Ben Simmons helped Embiid with, it was entry passing. I'm surprised Shaq is bringing it up in, inside. Like, you should be like, why are these guards? Can't, why can't these guards pass him the pass these big men the ball? Right. They need like Rick Fox. They need, they need to hire Rick Fox to teach him. Yeah, seriously. I mean, entry passing is such an important skill when you have a guy like Jokic or Embiid. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm sorry, that was we... a very weird tangent, but no, it's <laughs> that an was important just something tangent. I found frustrating watching the. It's an important tangent. So, um, all this said, um, so you said that you still think Jokic is a, a positive defender, and so this kind of gets into my plug. So I'm I'm writing an article Ooh. now, um, and it's about Nikola Jokic's improved improvement on defense. Oh, that's because, exciting! Because like you you and I have said like. Even last year, we're like, he's a positive, but he has clear weaknesses that can be exploited. And this year, I mean, he had, he's limited, but he's so much better. And I go into the reasons why, and I'll kind of do a little bit of a, of a, of a preview. Oh, okay. For this. So, um, Let's see how. What is the best way to? Pre- okay, here. This is the best thing to, to preview this. So, you have an excerpt. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> here, I will. I guess I'll read an excerpt. Yeah. So, in addition, the Nuggets have a significantly better defensive rating with Jokic on the floor, one hundred six point four, than when he's off the floor, one hundred fifteen point six. Almost a ten point difference. And his impact metrics show. Defensive LeBron, defensive Raptor, and defensive EPM are more or less like 0.5, 0.6. Like that's the value he added. That's in 2021. That's the value he added on defense in 2021. It's like half a point per 100 possessions. So it's positive, but it's not much. He's not breaking ground there. Yeah. 
This year, it's two in defensive LeBron, defensive EPM, and it's five in defensive Raptor. So the impact is significantly better. Show you so there we go. Yeah. And then those are just the impact metrics. I actually show the film about what specifically he's changed. Um, and I specifically go into him as a pick and roll defender. That's the thing, like that's that's the main thing. Pick and roll defense was the big Achilles heel for him because teams continually involved him in pick and roll defense because mm-hmm. I mean his his feet are slow. And I go into a little bit his help defense. And I noticed that his he's not in help defense as much because teams want to involve him in the in the pick and roll. So that's something that the Nuggets may still need to is another help defender like what Minnesota has in Jared Vanderbilt. If they can get that four who's a really good help defender in the back line, that would really help them. Because teams are still going to go after Jokic. He's one of the league leaders in contested shots. It's not because he's like this elite rim protector. It's because teams go after him. (laughs) So he's having to contest all these shots. It's funny. (laughs) Makes sense though. But at the same time, he's now a solid positive. I wouldn't say he's a strong positive. I'm not putting him on an all-NBA defensive team anytime soon. But I think like... If he becomes so let me ask you this. So we know we know that he's an all-time great offensive player. So put that and give him Pau Gasol's defensive peak. Oh my gosh. Where like where would you rank that player in today's NBA? Pau. Pau Gasol's pretty, defensive peak, 2009-2010. He was solid. Yeah, no, he solid, was, yeah. again, not all NBA defensive level, but a very solid positive defender. Just good enough that, the, that those 2009-2010 LA Lakers were an elite defense. Yeah, I think that it would be really hard to put... I mean, he has an argument now to be the best player. Yeah. It would be like clear-cut. And I think the only thing holding him back, even now, is just team rec- the team, the team record and situation. Yes. So that would probably make him, yeah, like the best player in the league. Yeah. He's really so good so. offensively. Yeah. Now, I still think he has a little bit more to, to do to get to pa- the Pau Gasol level, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. He's pretty close. Pau was, re- was really underrated as a defender. He was good. Yeah, yeah, he was good. So, um, man, we've talked for a long time already. Let's get to the, the final thing we wanted to talk about. Really quick on this game. <laughs> yes. If you, for those of you who want to know what not to do, watch that Clippers comeback against the Wizards because, like, it's a perfect example of everything going the right way for the Clippers, but also you not giving yourself the best chance to <laughs> like, like the, the wizards just fucked up on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, like first they, they blew a 35 point lead. Yes, they did. <laughs> like what? What? They almost salvaged it. They were up eight with like 38 seconds to go. 
Yeah. <laughs> Up six with 15 or something seconds left to go. Yeah. They, and that's the worst part. It's like, no lead is safe, but if you had won the game, great. But they were up six with 20 seconds left. Oh my God. I, I don't know. Calls what... Tracy McGrady. <laughs> Luke. No. Dude, that first three was like, no way he's shooting that. He shot it and it was nothing but net. Okay, yeah. fine. He so made D3 that. He's like, okay, fine. But and then Kyle Kuzma gets a five second. <laughs> and then they had decided to foul up three. So but they foul. Is... My God. Right. I mean, they even fucked that part up. Like, just at the end of the game, think about this. You're up three. There's like 10 seconds left on the clock. The Clippers are inbounding from the backcourt. Do you, do you remember who brought the ball up? Who had the ball for the first five seconds of that possession? Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow. Do you know what Justice Winslow shoots from the free throw line? I, I guess now I 60%. Just, I'm just guessing. 59.5% from the free throw line. <laughs> you had five seconds to foul him and put him in the free throw line for two shots. So even if he made both, you'd still be up one. With like four seconds were, left. And they had no timeouts. What the, what the fuck was Brad Beal doing, man? And yeah, Brad Beal fucked up. You should just let him shoot. Because then you'd at least go into overtime. If you were trying to foul Luke Kennard, you wasted two seconds doing it. And I think there was something with the referees. Like maybe I think Beal was trying to foul him before. But at the same time, it's like, well, why were you trying to foul Luke Kennard to begin with? Why didn't you foul Justice Winslow? He's not why shooting from, he's not pulling Justice from Winslow three. Full court. Yeah, like the, the, the best chance, he was bringing up the ball at half court. He could have, oh my God, I don't know what they were thinking. Insane. Yeah, I, Dude, I don't know what they well, were thinking either. Watching the highlights on YouTube was so funny because you could hear the progression of the commentators. First half, they were so happy. And then, as the, we dwind, as the lead dwindled and dwindled, they were like, this is not how you close out a game. This is not how you close out a game. And even before Kennard hit the three, it's like, this is not a good win for the Wizards. And then they end up losing the game. <laughs> Dude, that was like an Painful. embarrassment. That was an embarrassing loss. Like, I mean, yeah. you can't help that Amir Kofi really went off like that. But at the same time, it's like the way that you executed in the last few minutes. Like, with five minutes left, yeah, I understand you're just trying to run up the clock. But you gotta run. You still got to run your best offense because the Clippers were coming back and you were only up by – you had already blown majority of your lead by that point. It was a very winnable yeah. game for the Clippers at that point. You got to run your best offense at that point. You got you to make some stuff happen. Stop playing keep away and just – and waiting for five seconds for something to happen. You got to play the game. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think we, should, we can close it out there. The Clippers. Yes. We're the ones coming back this time instead of, <laughs> instead of blowing the lead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always have to get your Clippers shot in there, huh? <laughs> But yeah, um, that's it for this week's edition of the Godmex podcast. Yes. 
Let us know your thoughts on our socials. We are at GotNextBlog on Twitter and Instagram. Visit our website, gotnextsite.wordpress.com for Rafa's new article coming out this week. Hopefully in the next few days. Maybe later tonight. I don't know. We'll see. Let's check it out there. Uh, follow us on Harvard Amino, basketball social media app at GotNextPodcast. That's it for the show. Who's got next? Not the Wizards. Not the Wizards. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. It's hard to watch. I'm not gonna lie to you.